Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, kicking it at you on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. So, unfortunately, I feel like I'm in position that I have no choice but to start it off with, you know, something that doesn't relate to sports but does relate to something that matters more than sports. Because, unfortunately, America, you know, we all had to find out that another mass shooting in Another elementary school in this country has happened within five to ten year expand, starting with, you know, from the Sandy Hook shooting that happened a few years back. Now back to, unfortunately, the shooting that just happened on May 24th, you know, about last week, where 19 to 20 people were shot and killed in an elementary school while school was still in process. Um, 18 year old. You know, Salvador Renato Ramos went inside Rob Elementary School and shot and killed 19 students and two teachers while wounding at least 10 to 14 people. While, you know, and before, I believe before that, he shot his grandmother as well, wounding her, but the conditions of her is still to be determined or to be announced. Back to the basis. The question that is, you know, lying around a lot of people's minds is, is it time for U.S. officials, U.S. senators and everyone else who's in charge of this country to pretty much run the country to be held accountable? Is it time to clean house? And to answer that question, I believe it is when you have people sitting in the you know sitting in the white house practically doing nothing with all of this is happening and it's not just the school shootings it's things like police brutality it goes from back there until now with you know children not being able to get the education that they need to succeed along with teachers and grown adults who you know bus you know bust their behinds all their life to be able to provide back to communities to teach people to a point that people can't even go anywhere and to learn anything or to do their jobs because they're afraid of being shot up anytime anywhere due to you know lack of protection it's it's ridiculous i'm gonna just say that you know the fact that you have to wake up or you're on your break or you're just getting off the clock from your nine to five or whatever. And you turn on your TV, you know, you turn on your TV or you look on your electronic device, your phone, your iPad, your tablet, whatever. And you find it out or you could be at work or heading to work, depending on the shift that you work. And 
you have to find out that 19 children lost their lives unprovoked, uncalled for, etc. Because, you know, somebody who was possibly going through something or whatever or just thought it was a brilliant idea to go inside a school out of all places and kill people. Shoot and kill people to be more exact. And unfortunately, we are now in position where parents are not even able to send their children to school to get an education because it's not guaranteed that they'll ever see their child again afterwards. You know, it's sad that a place that their children, they're supposed to feel safe while they're working or doing other things to secure their household and to make sure to make their children's lives better. It's not guaranteed for them to be safe, you know, in that place that they're supposed to be safe that and supposed to be learning and being educated because of things like this happening. And the fact that it's getting so bad that people outside of politics have to step in because the people who are in politics are not doing their jobs or not doing their jobs correctly or not making enough effort to end stuff like this speaks volumes about this country. And the fact that we vote every year to four years, you know, and we vote as citizens for change and from Sandy Hook that happened back in 2012-2013 to now the Rob Elementary School shooting in 2022, you know, not even, if if anything, just reaching a decade of, you know, a decade worth of distance. The fact that nothing has been done in exactly 10 years to, you know, nearly 10 years speaks volumes about this country, speaks volumes about the senators, speaks volumes about... You know, I'm sorry to call out Biden, but it speaks values about the president as well, because it's like, what are you doing right now to enforce laws that will prevent guns from being in the hands of those who pretty much has no right to have a gun in their hand? Um, The fact that you can just go to a store anywhere or go anywhere practically and just buy a gun and, you know, load it up and go anywhere and shoot up places it's utterly ridiculous. Places like movie theaters, elementary schools, and things like that where shootings have no business happening, especially with securities on duty. Um, police officers are supposed to be there, and they're not. Because last time I was in elementary school, we had cops in our school, but obviously being from New Jersey, it's not the same in every state. Point being is... What's the purpose of having, you know, law enforcement or or having security or having any type of protection at a school if when moments like this happen, anyone could just go in any time of the day during school hours and just shoot up the school and kill nearly, you know, 25 people and wild in at least a good 10 to 15? Um, which brings me to question is, what is to be done now? Unfortunately, if to me, if a law is not enforced within a year to two years to prevent things like this happening, unfortunately, or, you know, unfortunately for those in charge, but very fortunately for everyone else in this country, for the best of their safety, it will be time to clean house in the White House.
because this cannot keep happening. A mass shooting just happened in a grocery store in Buffalo from the Sandy Hook shooting to the mass shooting that just happened at a grocery store in Buffalo to now this. This in less than two months, at least two maps, you know, at least two mass shootings has happened in this country because of lack of gun law protection. And that's just and if you think about it, that's insane. That's that's at least I'm not the best with math, but that's nearly a hundred people within a month to two month expand lives already taken by just going to pick up groceries to provide for their families or themselves or people who are doing their jobs and you know young children are just doing their jobs as students and educating and you know and being educated turn around they can't even do that without a bullet being pointed their way and you know losing their lives um, it's, it's, listen, it's very hard for me to speak on situations like this because the fact that we were sitting here talk, it's the, it's the point that we just sitting there to sit here and have to speak on this and to step outside of, you know, people like Steve Kerr, people like Tosh, you know, Natasha Cloud, people like, you know, uh, like Stephen A to be you know he was the most recent one people like that have to step outside of their profession to get into politics something that they shouldn't have to do but they feel they have to because stuff like this it, you know it's a constant pattern if you the fact that people anybody can hold a gun can go and purchase a gun and to buy things and to buy, you know, buy bullets or whatever and go in there and shoot up a school or shoot up a grocery store or shoot up pretty much anything like movie theaters or stuff like that. The fact that, you know, anyone can just own, you know, own such a material like that and go in there and just do whatever, do whatever they please. That right there speaks volumes that there are just no laws or no law. Yeah, no laws to be more exact that, you know, protects everyone and makes everyone feel safe. Now it's going to force, to me, might just force a lot of parents to be afraid to send their kids to school. I think that, honestly, this might lead to a lot of parents having their children being homeschooled. Because they ain't going to want their children to leave the house because of stuff like this. Because if I can't drop my kids off and leave them in charge of someone else and be able to come back to that same place I left them safely, you know, to learn. I'm unfortunately is in the I'm unfortunately in position where now I either got to work from home or I got to have somebody there while my child is being homeschooled and pretty much have them learn like that. If I tell you that it's still safe for, you know, to send your child to school, it's not. And to me, it's just utterly ridiculous that you cannot send your child to school without without worrying about things like that. Because that's something that you shouldn't have to worry about, especially while they're in school. You know, we all growing up been told, stay in school, listen to your parents, etc., etc., 
Unfortunately, only one of those doesn't apply anymore. And that's staying in school. It's sad because you prevent kids from running the street. Okay, the purpose of you teaching kids not to be in the streets is to prevent what is now happening to them inside of public schools. You know, they always say stay out the streets to, to avoid being shot at or something bad happening to you. And now you're in elementary school. Now you're safe. You are in school. Unfortunately, the same thing, you know, I won't say that the chances of it is as big, but the fact that there's even nearly as half of a chance of you being shot at, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's scary and it's heartbreaking. And I'm not even a parent. I'm not. So, you know. I can't even speak from a parent's perception of how they feel about sending their kids to school after, you know, hearing all of this. Still seeing on social media that a lot of schools leave, you know, doors open, knowing that stuff like this is happening right now. Cases are obviously being fouled, things like that. You know, law enforcement down there in Texas are definitely being questioned. You know, you already have one, I believe, one officer pretty much came out his mouth and just said I'm glad that none of my guys got hurt meanwhile the people who they're being paid to protect 19 to 20 of those people were shot and killed and at least 10 to 15 was wounded which now has a lot of people questioning more of the law enforcement down there than they were before they pretty much spoke to the press and spoke their side and spoke their piece of that story. My prayers, though, do go out to the, you know, the families of those who lost, who, who unfortunately passed away and those who were shot at as well. And who fortunately for them survived, but unfortunately that their classmates, their teachers, possibly friends didn't. Um, my prayers just go out to all the victims of that, um, the teachers, the families, the friends, the classmates, the whole school, hopefully a great recovery from that. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So on the segment, I will see you guys next segment in a few as I will now hop into sports and Speaking on, you know, giving you guys the recap of this past NBA Conference Final within both the Eastern Conference and the Western. So keep tuning in to the Mike Bomb with me, Shayla. See you in a few. Welcome back to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, kicking it back at you on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. I am now moving forward to recapping of what happened within the Western Conference Finals between the number fourth seed, the Dallas Mavericks, as they traveled and was defeated by the number three seed, the Golden State Warriors, 120-110, to as Golden State will advance to the NBA Finals for the fourth time in five years. Moving forward to that series, obviously, if you listened to the previous episodes, you knew I never had the Mavericks to win that series in the first place, but I did have them advance into the Western Conference Finals to play the Warriors, and obviously the Warriors doing what they do best, closing out the series. I, you know, 
I seen the Dallas Mavericks winning at least one to two games. So I saw the series being, you know, ending. Obviously, Golden State winning four to two or four to one, and which was the case when pretty much they brought it home at home in game five, being led by Klay Thompson, who averaged 32 points, three assists, two rebounds, and a Golden State win once again, 120 to 110. Now moving on to that game. The Dallas Mavericks did everything that they could. But unfortunately, it just wasn't enough to overcome what Golden State had to bring to the table. With Andrew Wiggins, with Jordan Poole, with Draymond Green, with Steph Curry, and obviously Klay Thompson, it's too much for anyone in the Western Conference to overcome. You could talk all this regular season nonsense all you want, but this is what made the Warriors, the Warriors in the team to fear. You knew what you was getting from them. You knew what was up already when you seen Klay Thompson touch ground on that basketball court one more time, at least one more time with Steph Curry, with Draymond and all them other guys in the mix. You knew this. Now, what we didn't know is what we was going to get from the young stars, like the young stars such as Andrew Wiggins, Kevin Poole, Jordan Poole, correct me, and others. When I saw, you know, Jordan Poole light it up before we start to get back the Klay Thompson that we all know and love back, I feared the Golden State Warriors then because I can only imagine how this basketball team's going to look if you are to get the Klay Thompson of 2016 and, 20, and 2017 and every other, every other season prior to that back. There is nothing, there is not a damn thing you can do that can stop that team unless you are a team that is, you know, very good defensively, which is something that a lot of teams in the Western Conference are not. This you know this this postseason, they were not they were not that good of defensive teams. See what you saw from the Western Conference, and what was so easy for me to predict how the Western Conference was going to be determined was going to come out and you know turn out and who's going to be in between to to turn it out was this. We never known the Western Conference to be such a defensive you know, conference. And what do I mean by that? When you think of the, you know, the great Western Conference teams of the past, the ones obviously before the Warriors, like the Lakers, for example, you think of the shooters. You think of what they can do to you offensively. Yes, you can do a lot of work, you know, defensively, not saying that they not. But this postseason right here, think of the Phoenix Suns, think of the Utah Jazz, Think of the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's use them as an example. Do you see them as this dominant defensive team? Or do you see them as this dominant offensive team in basketball? It's offensive. Because when you think of teams like the Suns. You think of Chris Paul. You think of Devin Booker. When you think of teams like, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies. You think of Ja Morant. You know, you think of guys like that. So what was so easy for me to determine who was going to win the Western Conference is, okay, these guys all got shooters. These guys are not, you know, that great 
defensively, but what makes them a you know rude to be reckoned with is how good they are offensively. That right there will determine. So right there, you know, determines. Okay, this is more like an offensive conference, and now getting to how you determine who wins, like who's coming out the West, is who's the best at shooting. Who we know it, you know, when the moments that matter most can clink up your best guys, lock them down, play great defense, play good, you know, average to good defense. Correct me. And shoot your lights out offensively, light you up, pick you apart. Who is the one team in the Western Conference we think about? The Golden State Warriors. Who's another team that is very underrated with that? The Dallas Mavericks. That's why that was my pick to, you know, the Warriors, obviously my favorite pick. And which, you know, they did. They shown why. And the Dallas Mavericks was my dark horse pick. Because these two, to me has beaten a lot of great teams that play by playing that game. And a conference that is known for for doing so. So it determined, okay, we all know what you all these teams are about, but now who's going to be the best at doing it? The Warriors obviously showed why they should be favored or why they were favored by people like I to win the Western Conference because they were the best team at doing it. Look at what they have. And it's not even what they have. It's what they're doing with what they have. Because obviously, you watch the Lakers this year with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Ray John, I believe Ray John Rondo, um, Dwight Howard and guys, Carmelo Anthony. On paper, they looked like a great team, but they couldn't do much with that talent, which is why it was not displayed on the court, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs. So it's not even about them having these players. Well, it's about them having these players because obviously when you have players that contribute as well as they do to one another and complement one another as they do, it makes your game plan as a coach easier to go into a game with, you know? And that's been the life of Steve Kerr since the rise of Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, the return to Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, obviously just being Steph Curry, Draymond getting back to his normal self as a defensive guy. That makes life easier when you're when you're a Warriors fan and when you're war and you're you know you root for the Warriors or you're a part of the Warriors staff or the organization in any way, shape, or form. It makes your life easier because it allows the flexibility within your team to expand and you know you the it doesn't limit your creativity. The Warriors to me was the best team entering this year. Maybe not on paper because of the Nets, because of the Lakers. We understand that. But experience of playing with one another matters. It's not just about the experience that you have in the league. It's about the experience that you have of playing with one another. Draymond Thompson Curry has obviously the most experience of playing with one another because they've been up and down on the road. The highs, the lows, all of that with one another. So they win together, they lose together. They are legit teammates. And they show it on the court every single game they play. And they've shown it. By pretty much dominating their series throughout the Western Conference. Beating 
the Denver Nuggets 4-1. Then going on to beating the Memphis Grizzlies 4-2. Then just beating the Dallas Mavericks 4-1. That speaks volumes because these are teams that a lot of people didn't have answers for. The Memphis Grizzlies was the number two seed. You know, the Denver Nuggets was the number six. Then you had the Dallas Mavericks, who was the number four. On to that game, um, Steph Curry obviously didn't have to do much. He could have, but, you know, it was the Klay Thompson show for sure. I don't think anyone's questioning that at this rate because that dude just shown everybody. If you didn't get the memo, you got it then that not only am I back, but I'm back and I'm better than ever. And yes, you could say, well, where was this Clay Thompson against Memphis against, you know, Denver? Oh, he's been silent. He's been silent. But see, here's what y'all need to understand. It's more than just him and Steph Curry. That's what makes the things even worse. It's now Andrew Wiggins. It's now Jordan Poole. It's now Kevin Looney joining the you know joining the club. And you know to give you a little flashback of their statistics and their contributions to this game. Obviously Andrew Wiggins averaged 18 points in 40 minutes. Draymond followed him with 17 to 31. Kevin Looney, their center, averaged 10 points in 31 minutes with 18 rebounds and 4 assists. Klay Thompson, I'm just going to repeat his statistics even though I already stated it, but 3 assists, 2 rebounds, 32 points, 37 minutes worth of playing. Um, Steph Curry, 15 points and 35 minutes worth of playing with 9 assists and 3 rebounds. Jordan Poole, 16 points, you know, going 6 for 6, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and... Within 22 minutes worth the playing. That right there is what you call team effort. Because everyone contributed. Everybody. And when you're playing a team like. When you know off the top of your head. You're going to be dealing with either. Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero. And Kyle Lowry. Or you're dealing with. Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum. A Boston, you know you're going to have to play your best game. You know, like, everybody got to eat. Everybody got to contribute. The Golden State Warriors was a team that did that throughout this whole series. Everybody ate. Everybody had their nights where they just showed up and showed out. Game 5 in, you know, Golden State and San Fran, you know, San Francisco was the time that Clay Thompson, it was it was that moment for him. It was that moment to take over. It was that moment to show everybody that, hey, I'm here, I'm back, we're back, we're going back, and that was that. There's no shame on the Dallas Mavericks because nobody had you winning this series. Nobody really had you making it this far. That's why another reason why I picked them as my dark horse favorites because a lot of people didn't pay attention to the Dallas Mavericks as much as they should. And by the time they woke up, it was a little too late. You know, they were, they didn't. They didn't until it was the Golden State Warriors being the only team that was standing in their way of an NBA Finals appearance, which would be their first appearance in 10 years, if not a little over 10 years. 
That right there speaks volumes. There's no shame. Obviously, you're going to be back better than ever next year as expected. But reaching, you know, going this far, there's obviously going to be expectations for them. They know that. Every Mavericks fan knows, knows that. And they're only going to get better. You know, they're still a young basketball team. And the fact that you made it this far, you you know, go to state, obviously, you took them to a game five. Some people was predicting a sweep. I thought otherwise. I was right. I said the Mavericks were going to at least, at least win one to two games. Golden State would close out the game. Game five or game six at home in Golden State. In which they did in advance to the NBA Finals. It was, it was just basic knowledge. The Mavs are not a team that's going to go down without a fight. But the Warriors are just going to be too much for them to overcome because of their skill, because of their experience, and their overall team chemistry of playing with one another. That's a lot for a young Dallas Mavericks team to overcome. That's why I did, even though I did have the Dallas Mavericks as my dark horse favorites to come out the West, I did not have them as my favorites because I understood what the Warriors brought to the table already with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry along with Draymond. But then the new stars in town like Andrew Wiggins, like Kevin Looney, along with a real big star who's starting to make his own mark in the league and on the team, Jordan Poole. That's going to be, that's a problem. And that's a problem for any team. Just not, it's not just the Dallas Mavericks. That's a problem for any team because... You can't name many teams or any teams that in the moments that matter most, you could look at them and be like, they're going to destroy Golden State if they meet up, if they match up. You can't look at a team, you can't even look at a team like that in the Eastern Conference. And the best shot that you have is Miami, which is, you know, they're serious with the Boston Celtics. I'm going to speak on in the next segment. But, yeah. That's that's pretty much it that I have for this segment. Obviously, no knock on Luka Donick. He did all that he could in this series. You know, obviously playing 40 minutes, 28 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Followed by, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, who averaged 26 points in 32 minutes with no rebounds but 4 assists. Then you had Dorian Finney-Smith, who averaged... You know, 13 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds, 39 minutes worth of playing. Followed by Reggie Bullock, their forward, who played 6 minutes, 2 assists, 4 rebounds, 38 minutes. It's it's a young team in Dallas, okay? It's a young team in Dallas. There's no time for panic. This team is very young. This team is not going anywhere for at least another year or two. They're gonna le- they're gonna at least need another big man to join their starting five. You know, they're gonna need a big man. They're gonna need, you know, some some more aggressive defensive guys. And this upcoming draft and you know, free agency, you never know what is gonna happen. It's the trades, it's free agency, it's the draft. The Dallas Mavericks have nothing but time and money and, you know, to solve the and draft capital to solve these issues. It's it's not a shame. Obviously, everyone knew when Klay Thompson touched the basketball court once again, seeing Jordan Poole, seeing Steph Curry and the chemistry, they already building up with one another. Obviously, Draymond being always being there with everyone. He didn't miss a beat. It was just that. It's just... 
too much for any team to stack up against. This is why there was I was like there was no way the Warriors would get eliminated. I didn't see it. I didn't see the Memphis Grizzlies beating the Warriors, even though they did beat the Warriors three to one in the regular season. But I didn't give a crap about that because regular season, postseason, it's a whole different ball game. This is where the Warriors show why they are them and why they are the best team to come out the Western Conference. Why they are who they are. You know, this is where guys like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson made their names what they are. You know, moments like this. Not only doing it on a consistent basis in the regular season, but doing it on a consistent basis in the postseason. It's just that simple. So when you are a team like the Dallas Mavericks, there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, you lost to a very great Golden State Warriors team. Not even the best teams in the Western Conference, I believe, would have beat them. Because I damn sure didn't have Phoenix Suns beating them. I didn't have that. Not especially after what I saw Game 7 in Phoenix. I, d I wouldn't want this team to even think, think about making a miracle comeback and beating the Dallas Mavericks and going to Golden State and play the Warriors. Because, t honestly... The Phoenix Suns would have got swept if they would have seen the Golden State Warriors. And I'm not and no, I'm not joking. They don't have it defensively, they don't have it offensively to keep up with the Warriors. The Dallas Mavericks they're missing is the defensive keys. You have to find ways to shut both Steph Curry and Klay Thompson down. And now with a new problem in town, Jordan Poole. The problem with this, they did not have the pieces at the time. That would have answers for all three guys. You got to shut all three down. It can't just be one. And that's what makes the Golden State Warriors the dangerous but great basketball team that they are. It's because they have so many pieces that you have to shut down. You know. Yeah, you could say, oh yeah, we going to have Draymond do this, do that. Draymond is a player that, yes, he's a dominant defensive player, but he can surprise you offensively. Andrew Wiggins is, to me, starting to come into his own shell. As I already said, I'm really starting to like him and like what I'm seeing from him. Jordan Poole, vice versa. Yeah, you could shut Steph Curry down. Yeah, you could shut Klay Thompson down. Yeah, you can try and do that. Keyword, try to. But what would be your answers for Jordan Poole? And then if you do shut Jordan Poole and Steph Curry down, obviously you saw game five. You better have an answer for Klay Thompson or you're in trouble. And that's what happened to the Dallas Mavericks. They may have had their answers for Jordan Poole, a little for Steph Curry, keyword a little, not enough in the series, which is why the Golden State Warriors went up 3 to nothing in the series. You know, you have to have answers for all three prospects, not just one. Otherwise, it's not going to be good enough. And what makes the Warriors a problem in the Western Conference is they know that these, these other teams don't have the answers or don't have enough answers to keep all three teams, to keep all three of their shooters team. Curry, Thompson, Poole. They know they know the rest of the Western Conference doesn't have that. That's how that's how you can easily say the Golden State Warriors is gonna win it. Not only because of what they have, but because of their chemistry, because of the lack of defense that the other teams in the Western Conference in this tournament did not have. The best shot you had of them losing this series, honestly, are the Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies. And the fact that they did surpass and, you know, beat the Grizzlies to advance. Right there told me everything I need to know about this Warrior scene. Everything that I needed to know because 
this is it. You know, if they get past them guys, it's a wrap. It's over. And right there, you know, it was. They got past the they got past the Miss the Memphis Grizzlies in the semi conference finals, closing out. Obviously, I believe it was Game Six in Golden State, or yeah, I believe Game Six was in Golden State. Obviously, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, you know, being there, to, being their normal selves. You know, Clay Thompson getting back to being himself, and ta da. There we are in the Western Conference Finals. What happened to the Dallas Mavericks in Game 5 with Klay Thompson leading the way? Same thing. That's it and that's all. But before I end this segment, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Good luck in the NBA Finals as I will announce who they will be playing in the NBA Finals in the next segment. So tune in to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, as I will give you a recap of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. See you then. Welcome to the third and the final segment of the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, kicking it back at you for this final time for this episode. I am now moving forward to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, results and stuff, as I'm now giving you a recap of what happened within the series. So the Boston Celtics has shocked the world when they went to Miami for game seven and defeated the Miami Heat in their home court 100 to 96 and advanced into the NBA Finals for the first time since 2009. Yes, that's right. The Celtics are back in the finals and they will be the team that will play the Golden State Warriors this Thursday, June 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on, I believe it's ABC. ESPN, you can definitely check and overlook for, you know, any errors I just made within that announcement. But yes, the game is taking place this Thursday. The NBA Finals is finally going down. All of this being said, the Celtics winning this series, I did not see coming. I didn't see it coming. I actually expected Miami to beat the Celtics because I thought Miami being the more experienced team and along with having stronger chemistry of playing against, you know, playing with one another, I thought that it would might be a little too much for the Celtics to overcome. Obviously, it wasn't because that's why they're here. And unfortunately, Miami is the team that's being sent home at home. And it's unfortunate because think about it. Jimmy Butler obviously did, you know, did he make a crucial mistake when... He went for the two when he went for the three pointer shot that would have gave Miami the lead instead of just, you know, going in the paint, taking the two pointer and, you know, going for the two point layup and tying the game, which would have took you to overtime. Um You can it's a little bit of fifty fifty both with that situation because if Jimmy Butler would have made that shot, obviously he would have been a hero being sung all over Miami. But unfortunately, he missed it. And now he's the, you could say, considered the careless victim or villain. Correct me, villain. And a lot of fans are pissed off at Jimmy Butler because that's not what he's usually known for. He's usually known for, you know, 
getting physical, being aggressive, going up in the paint, making shots. Yes, he popped threes here and there, but moments like that, you, you would expect him to go for the two to tie the game and then take over and win it in overtime, which was obviously what Miami fans were hoping for. But Jimmy Butler obviously had other plans, feeling like he had it right there to make. And unfortunately, that was just not the case for the Heat. Um, not for him or the Miami Heat. And it led to the Celtics, you know, having the ball within the last minutes, traveling up and down the court, keeping the ball in their possession and closing out the game and going on to advance to the NBA Finals. And yeah, now they they will be the ones playing the Golden State Warriors. And that'll just be that. Um, obviously, I shouldn't be shocked about the Boston Celtics making it this far because they were my dark horse favorites to come out the Eastern Conference. I felt like, you know, they would be just like the Mavs making it to the conference finals and obviously losing going home after game five or game six, but Boston had plans that we didn't have. And they did what they had to do. They did stick together as a team. You got to give them credit for fighting through, overcoming, you know, the you know the animosity of being away from Boston, obviously playing stars like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and others, and you know overcoming their crimp nights, the Miami Heat, who coming into this coming into the series, they let's just say they didn't have the best history within the conference finals with, you know losing three out of four series you know, three out of four of the meetings in the conference finals to the Miami Heat could be a motivation for the Boston Celtics, you know. Possibly their motivation headed into that game um, as Jason Tatum was already motivated from his idol Kobe Bryant who he sent the message to saying, I got you, and he did what he said he was going to pretty much told Kobe via text that he was going to do, and... Well, he, him, him, Jalen Brown, you know, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams III, Al Horford did what they felt they had to do. They, 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 they went in there. They did the unthinkable. They beat Miami and Miami. And well, there we have it. Um, Jason Tatum obviously had a great game, played 46 minutes, averaged 26 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Um... Followed right behind Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown, who played 44 minutes, averaging 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. As for Marcus Smart, played 41 minutes, averaging 24 points in 41 minutes with 5 assists and 9 rebounds. Obviously, Al Ford and Robert Williams III had, you know, had their contributions, you know, with 5 points in 44 minutes. As Robert Williams had two points in 15 minutes that he's played that game. You think about it, it was more of a team effort from the Boston Celtics. I think defensively the Boston Celtics were the better team. But offensively Miami kind of let themselves go with Kyle Lowry going down. Um, Tyler Hero possibly, you know, not even sure if he, yeah, um, Played seven minutes, didn't really do much in those seven minutes, only with one assist, zero rebounds, and zero points. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, it 
it hurts. It's a heartbreaker for Miami. I'm heartbroken for Miami. I was actually rooting for Miami, one, as a Laker fan, and two, because I felt it was their time. That if this was gonna that if there was gonna be a team to dethrone the Golden State Warriors, it would have been them. Because I believe like if there is one team with a defense that had the chance to beat the Warriors, it would be Miami. And I felt like that game was at least going to a game six in the NBA finals. And I found like the finals would have been more interesting if that would have been the case, but Boston had other plans, you know, they had other plans and Jimmy Butler, I guess you say did all that he could, even though that shot at the last minute, you can rule it as a shot that could have gone either way. You know, like I said before, I'll say it again. He, if he would have made that three pointer shot, he would obviously been the hero that Miami would have been, would have been singing all the way up until this Thursday. But if he, unfortunately he missed that shot, now he's the villain that in a game that they don't even care to remember anymore. Or they don't want to remember anymore. But obviously won't heal unless the Golden State Warriors are crowned once again your NBA Finals champions. Which is, I'm predicting them to be, to be completely honest with you. Um, I actually have the Warriors to beat the Celtics in the finals. I actually had the Warriors winning the entire thing, but I felt like it would have been a better chance of them losing if Miami would have came instead of Boston because I don't feel like the Celtics are a team that's ready yet to become your NBA Finals champions. But you got to give them props. They beat the number one seed. They beat the number three seed. Um, They closed it out. They beat the Bucks, I believe, in Milwaukee. That series closed out. And then they turned right back around to beat the Heat in Miami. You got to give this young team credit. And the Boston Celtics, especially this Boston Celtics team, is going to be a team that's going to be around for a long, long time. The NBA Finals would not be the end of the Boston Celtics. This is a team that I think is going to be around. It's going to be in a conversation for at least, an, at least a good three to five seasons. And that's at the minimum. With their youth, their skill, their chemistry, they're only going to get better. But I feel like the Golden State Warriors, you know, changing the topic a little now as I already recapped of what happened in Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the Warriors is just a team that's nearly unbeatable if you think about it. Um, you got to think about it from the standpoint that, like I've said in the previous segment, I'm saying now. I don't see nobody on the Boston Celtics that can guard Steph Curry and Klay Thompson along with Jordan Poole. Draymond is definitely a defensive guy that's going to have answers for Marcus Smart or, you know, Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, I think Steph Curry is going to have to, you know, play defense against that guy. Um, Klay Thompson, it just, I think he's going to be, to me, the X factor because here's the deal. We all heard Jordan Poole. We all seen, you know, we seen one great game from Klay Thompson. But I think a lot of people are just exaggerating. Okay, that's all that we saw from Klay Thompson. Um, it's it's not all that we're gonna see from Klay Thompson. Obviously, because he's playing in the comp, you no, know, he's playing in the finals this Thursday. But he's going to be the X factor because a lot of people are still doubting him that he's not himself that he once was. 
even though last game showed us a you know a different story, but a lot of people still have their doubts about him. All of this being said, I just feel like he's someone who's out to prove everyone wrong. And he wants another ring with the Warriors. The Warriors wants a shot at this. Obviously, they've been, they've been hawking the Boston Celtics down because they already predicted Boston to win the series. Maybe Draymond was a little off when he said that they were going to close it out in Boston, but... So it's like they were already preparing themselves to play the Boston Celtics. And I think they have everything that it takes to do just so. So, yeah, my pick is the Warriors. I just don't see it in the Boston Celtics. Yes, they have a young team, but they're not ready. I don't think they're going to be ready for the Golden State Warriors. And I see see with the series, if Miami would have played this, the Warriors instead of the Celtics, I would have seen that game going to a Game 6 or Game 7. But I see this game between, I see this series, this NBA Final Series between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. I got Boston to win one game. In Boston, and then the Warriors to close it out at home in Golden State. That is my in San Francisco to be more exact, because that's where the Warriors are located. That's my prediction because I don't see the I don't see the Boston Celtics being the team to take the Warriors to a Game Six nor a Game Seven. And honestly. I wouldn't want to play somebody like Klay Thompson with Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, you know, Andrew Wiggins, and others like Draymond in a Game 6. Because we all know how Game 6 Klay Thompson can definitely be activated. We've seen it in Game 5. Then you got to deal with Jordan Poole. You got to deal with those guys. It's going to be too much for the Warriors. I mean, correct me, for the Heat to over... I mean... Not the Heat, sorry, but for the Boston Celtics to overcome. The Celtics are a great, young, healthy team. I understand that. I understand they just beat Miami. I understand they just beat Milwaukee. But what you don't understand, playing the Warriors is a whole different ball game because this is a team who has been here before, and they have been here before together. Not only have they been here before, they've lost before, but they've also won more than they lost. That means a lot, especially to a team who just now get in back together, getting the boy band back together, and is headed to another NBA Finals. I don't think the Warriors even going to allow this to go to a Game 6 and go back to Boston. So here's my prediction. I see the Warriors closing out the series, winning NBA Finals 4-1, to closing it out Game 5 in Golden State and the Bay Area. I don't see the series between them going beyond that. Um... That's all I pretty much have to say for this segment. Thank you to who all who's tuned into this episode and who is listening to this episode of the Mike Bomb Podcast. I will see you guys next week as I will be giving you another topic. Um, good luck to both the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics as the NBA Finals will begin Thursday in Golden State. 
9 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN and ABC News. See you guys soon. This your host, me, Shayla, signing out. Peace out. This has been the Mike Bomb Podcast. See you soon. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, me, Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, followed, and listened to the podcast and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support, and see you next episode. Something to say There's a fear out there And it's coming your way Don't let it stop you From living for what you were made It's not a dream It's a destiny Blessed is he When the whole world Listens to this mess in me There's a message inside What you get from me A little life Little love That's a recipe So when the world is crashing down And you feel the weight On your shoulders Try to pick it up But you're steady Stacking up boulders Every day's a gift Never miss it Getting older Blessing in the struggle Know that you're just On the road to a life You were born to live So I wake up every day and just give it what I'm born to give Everything in me And nothing less While this heart's still beating up inside my chest